In case there was any doubt, the San Francisco Giants put those doubts to rest this weekend with two clutch walk-off wins against the Boston Red Sox. They're two games back in the National League West. They're the top wildcard team. They're 10 games over 500. So the San Francisco Giants will be buyers by tomorrow's 3 p.m. Pacific trade deadline. What are their needs? Who's out there? Who's already been traded? Have the Giants missed out? All of it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you are. And coming up on today's show, like I said, if there was any doubt, the Giants put it to rest with two wins against the Red Sox. As I said, two back in the division, top wildcard team, 10 over 500. There's just no doubt, even if they lose tonight, which of course I hope they don't, they just have one more game. And so their position is going to be good going into tomorrow's 3 p.m. Pacific time trade deadline. And so without kind of beating around the bush. Let's just get straight to it and talk about what are the Giants' needs. Well, for a long time, we've been talking about pitching, and I think that starting pitching is still a need, but it's worth pointing out that guys like Stripling and Manaya are suddenly pitching well. Like yesterday, th- these last two wins had Ross Stripling and Sean Manaya's fingerprints all over them. But that doesn't mean that they can just roll with this style of pitching the rest of the season where they really only have two starting pitchers who are kind of locked into that rotation. And otherwise, they're doing a lot of bullpen games and openers and all that. And it's worked out well. They're 14-4 and four in games in which they use an opener, including the last two wins against the Boston Red Sox. The one game they lost in this series was started by Logan Webb. Go figure. And so I really do think that starting pitching, like if you look at who's out there uh, in terms of starters, there are still some high quality starting pitchers out there. We will discuss later who's already been traded. But uh, to me, you look at a Justin Verlander, you look at a Eduardo Rodriguez. I think Eduardo Rodriguez makes a lot of sense in that he is on an expiring contract. There's an opt-out, and he would be opting out of three years, $49 million, which looks like a bargain for him the way he's pitching right now. He's only 30 years old. He's having a strong season, but that is all risk because if he gets hurt or whatever, then Uh, he would opt in and then you're on the hook. But it's still not an unreasonable contract at three years, $49 million. It's pretty, uh, pretty affordable, I guess you would say. And what has Eduardo Rodriguez done this season? Well, in 88 and a third innings, he has a 2.95 earned run average. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's on the Detroit Tigers. And 
believe he's Venezuelan, which is, uh, I think, Flores and um, Matos and Tyro Estrada are Venezuelan. I don't I, I'd have I shouldn't shouldn't be just trying to remember that on the fly here. But anyway, two nine five ERA strikeout rate is really healthy at twenty five point nine percent. That's above league average. Walk rate is only 6%. That's better than league average. Only 0.82 home runs per nine innings. Fielding independent pitching, 3.18. This guy's pitching at a really high level. He's definitely like a starter. There's no bullpen kind of risk with him. It's just, yeah, and he's only 30 years old. And also he's on the Detroit Tigers, which is the team that is run by Scott Harris, who was Farhan Zaidi's first general manager and he just left and so there's a lot of familiarity i think that you know they they're not going to be too off in terms of how they evaluate the players that are involved in a trade and so i I really think that he's a guy to circle and and really watch closely and he almost certainly will be traded and i think the giants are a prime uh destination prices have been high and so that's probably why he hasn't been traded yet, is that the Tigers are probably asking a lot. Justin Verlander is another guy who's still out there, and I also think he makes sense, but a deal would be far more complicated if for no other reason than Justin Verlander has a full no-trade clause, which means you could make a deal and then he could just say, no, I'd rather play for the Dodgers, you know, which we've seen that kind of thing happen before. We saw it with Giancarlo Stanton. The Giants had a deal for him. It was in the offseason, not recently but in 20 whatever and uh the Giants had a deal for him and he said nah I want to play for the Yankees and he went to the Yankees and good thing Giants dodged a bullet with that contract but anyway the full no trade clause certainly complicates things and also Verlander's contract complicates things he signed for ridiculous salary this year and next year and then there's this vesting player option for a third year and so it would be really complicated to get Verlander and there would be a lot of money kind of changing hands the Mets would probably pay a lot like they did with Scherzer which we'll discuss later but anyway it's still possible but it it would be far more complicated than a straightforward like Eduardo Rodriguez trade and there aren't a ton of other starting pitchers who figure to be on the market. If Blake Snell is available from the Padres, then he would make sense, but I doubt that they move him. And beyond that, I'm just kind of scrolling through the MLB trade rumors. Marcus Stroman is a possibility, but he probably, or at least possibly, doesn't get traded because the Cubs have been playing much better. And so beyond those guys... I didn't actually like pull up all the names that I'm considering, but I, I'm not sure there's many more obvious candidates. You start to look at guys who have more team control that maybe you didn't expect to be traded, like Aaron Savali of the Cleveland Guardians, for example. And, you know, other guys, it's always like there's the obvious candidates and then there's guys you didn't really expect to get traded. And so I could sit here all day kind of just naming pitchers with more team control than that who we don't expect to get traded, but could get traded. And so I guess that's not a that's not a huge list there for the San Francisco Giants. And so is it possible they don't add a starting pitcher? Yeah, it's possible. But I feel like there's got to be some incentive to do that based on the fact that they only have two guys they can really rely on in that starting rotation in Logan Webb and Alex Cobb. But the offense, the offense, like snuck up on us a little bit as a major problem 
in basically since June 25th. The Giants, before their two wins against the Red Sox, in which they had trouble scoring runs, the Giants since June 25th to July 28th, so again, not including these last two wins, which they scored three runs and four runs respectively, but in the 27 games prior to the last two wins, the Giants had scored zero, one, or two runs 55.6% of the time. More than half the time, they were scoring two runs or less in 27 games since June 25th. And that's that's really bad. And it was two-thirds of the time they were scoring three runs or less. So only one-third of the time did they manage to reach the four-run mark in over a month. And so the offense, what is the state of the offense? What is the state of the middle infield now that we've seen some Marco Luciano? Who's out there in possible trades? We'll get into that in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, as promised, the state of the offense. We've kind of analyzed the pitching, I guess, to an extent. It's uh it's complicated because the Giants have had some success with their unorthodox strategy. But I think if you went into like a postseason series, you wouldn't really feel good about having only two guys you can trust. But they also have Kyle Harrison lurking in the minor leagues and maybe someone like Tristan Beck eventually goes into that rotation. I think they need to add a starter, but the supply of top-end starters isn't necessarily great. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, guess what? It's the trade deadline. I believe the plan is going to be we're going to wait till after the deadline to put out an episode. I'm not 100% sure on that, so look out. I'll, I'll give an update on Twitter. Follow me there, at Ben Kaspik. Uh, I'll let you know if there's going to be like two episodes tomorrow or just one after the 3 p.m. deadline. Giants play the D-backs tonight, their last game before the deadline at 645 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. And by the way, I didn't mean to say the top tier pitching is not great. What I meant to say is that there's not a lot of them. I would say that Scherzer getting traded is kind of the only high-end guy, in my opinion, who's been dealt yet. I think Jordan Montgomery of the Cardinals, who was also traded, is more of a mid-rotation kind of guy. So Verlander and Eduardo Rodriguez, for me, are like kind of that top-end talent that's still out there. So we'll see if the Giants get one of those guys. And then, of course, like I said, there's always people you don't really expect to get traded. That's always possible that, you know, like Dylan Cease, for example, of the White Sox. Could you see a deal for him? 
probably not because he's got multiple years of team control, but the White Sox are, they should probably be in a position where they're open to listening on anybody. So the offense, the offense was better these last two days, even though the runs weren't there. They only got three runs in their win on Saturday, only four in 11 innings on Sunday, but it was just much better in that they were consistently setting the table. They had base runners all over the place. They just could not come through either with the big hit or even with, you know, often just a sack fly situation. They just couldn't come through. But for the longest time, like basically, like I said, since June 25th, they really haven't even been setting the table with any kind of consistency. And so I wouldn't want them to kind of just say, okay, the last two games we did a better job of, you know, playing baseball on the offensive side. I know, again, they didn't cash in, but if you set the table like that enough, eventually you're going to cash in. But, you know, the last well over a month, I guess like a month and a week, which included the all-star break, this these offensive numbers have been dreadful. They were certainly last in runs scored during that span. And it's Again, not including the last two days, but only seven runs in two days. I would imagine from June 25th till today, they're probably still last in runs scored and last in all these key offensive categories, weighted runs created plus average. They were 29th in on base, last in slugging, just last in like everything. It's kind of crazy how bad the offense has been. But again, better these last two days. But I don't think the two days are enough that I'm looking at this offense and saying, that's it. They don't need any help. They do look like a group that could use some help, but the question is where? And that's why when I talk about Tommy Edmond, I know I've said this a lot, but not everyone listens every day, even though you should. Um, But Edmond, he's one of those guys that you don't necessarily expect to get traded because even though the Cardinals are selling, Edmond has two and a third years of team control remaining. And so they don't need to trade him right now. Normally, the guys who are obvious trade candidates are the ones who are going to be free agents at the end of the year, like Jordan Montgomery and Aaron Hicks, or Jordan Hicks. And that's why those guys got traded. But Edmund, what what makes him a fit to me, not just the way he plays and how he doesn't strike out and he steals a lot of bases and he's good defensively and he's got a strong you know, platoon split that can be exploited. He's He is an everyday player because of his defense and speed. He's a guy you want out there even when you don't have the platoon advantage for him. He's a switch hitter, but better from the right side against lefties. But what's great about him is that he's versatile. He can play short, second, third, left, center, right. Uh, Yeah, pretty much every position except first catcher and he could play first but he's just you're wasting his defensive value there and so you know the the thing is the Giants don't have a clear position of need especially when you start talking about Marco Luciano and what is the plan for him and we saw some good I mean he had two hits in uh, the second game of the series including a double and showed off some speed, showed off some good defense, and also Brandon Crawford came off the injured list. We will get to injury updates later and the corresponding move there for Crawford coming back. But like, if Crawford's there, if Luciano's there, I think you kind of can make an argument that shortstop is 
a little bit covered at least. And then Tyro Estrada is not too far off. And then you look in the outfield and Mitch Hanniger is not too far off. So a player who's versatile to me makes the most sense, whether it's Edmund or somebody else, but there's not really that many guys. The position player trade market is, I called it a wasteland on Twitter. Again, if you start looking at guys you don't expect to get traded, maybe you find a fit, but uh, among the obvious guys... Jamer Candelario like is just a third baseman where you've got J.D. Davis who hit a walk-off home run off the foul pole and has just been a good player. I know he's had his swing and miss issues and has gone into a funk recently, but seems to be coming out of it. But yeah, Candelario would make sense if you needed a third baseman. You've got outfielders like Dylan Carlson, local guy. I've always kind of thought Giants might have interest in Carlson, but do they need an outfielder? Because uh, once Hanniger comes back, you've got Hanniger, you've got Conforto, you've got Yastrzemski and Slater. So where's the where are you making room for like an everyday outfielder? I just don't really see that. And so again, a guy who's versatile can play the outfield when you've got an absence there and can just move around. And then looking at shortstop. I'm thinking about next year too. And the giants don't have a clear answer unless it's Marco Luciano. And so, yeah, Cody Bellinger made some sense if you were looking for an outfielder, but the Cubs got hot and I don't, I don't think they're trading him. In fact, they outright have been reported to be telling teams that they're not going to trade Cody Bellinger. And so, yeah, that's the state of things. And so, I mean, if they if the Giants got like Eduardo Rodriguez and Tommy Edmond, if that was their trade deadline, that would be fantastic in my opinion. Or, you know, Verlander and Edmond. But Edmond would cost a lot. So it's kind of a pipe dream in a way. But at the same time, the Cardinals have to be open-minded. So are the Giants missing out? Some trades have happened. I've seen some moaning and groaning on Twitter. I guess if you hang out on Twitter, you're gonna see that. And but I was surprised that some in the media are moaning and groaning about the Giants' quote-unquote lack of activity uh, at this trading deadline. But the reality is, almost all the time, the vast majority of trades don't happen until the day of the deadline. And in recent Giants history, Chris Bryant, uh, J.D. Davis, all the trades in 2019, Mauricio Dubon, all those other moves that the Giants made, Mark Melanson offloading that contract, they all happened the day of the deadline. And I believe like Hunter Pence, Marco Scudero, Javier Lopez, all of those deals, Carlos Beltran even, were day of the deadline deals. And so are the Giants missing out? Who has been dealt so far? And should the Giants have been in on those guys? That's where people are kind of chiming in. And I'll give my opinion on players like Max Scherzer already being traded. Should the Giants have gone after him? We'll get into that and also give you all the injury updates. There's eight of them in just a minute. And before we do. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss the players who have been traded already and should the Giants have been in on those guys. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow, like I said, I'm undecided. I kind of forgot to make a plan before the show, like, what makes the most sense with my schedule and with uh, the trade deadline, but we will definitely have a post-deadline reaction if the Giants make 
a move or two or three or whatever, we will have the analysis. So look out tomorrow for that shortly after the trade deadline, for sure. Thanks again. Excuse me. The Giants play the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight at 645 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Ryan Nelson uh, slated to go for the D-backs and he's having a tough year and the D-backs are scuffling big time. So this is a big series. Hopefully the bats can continue to apply pressure and break through. So specifically the trade for Max Scherzer and also Jordan Montgomery, both of whom went to the Texas Rangers who are just have, they've been ultra aggressive in free agency and the trade market now uh, in the last couple of years. And so should the giants have been in on those guys? Well, if you've been listening to this show, there's a reason I never really mentioned either of those guys as the best fits for the Giants. And the reason for Scherzer is that he just hasn't really performed all that well. And his contract is a little simpler than Verlander's because it doesn't have that third year player option, but it's otherwise the same, 43.3 million this year and next year, which is a lot. And so the Mets ended up paying a large amount of the remaining contract. I believe they paid like $35 million of the 50 eight million still owed to him whatever it was the rangers are only paying what 22 and a half million for the rest of this year and next year combined and he was supposed to make you know 43.3 million next year alone and he still owed a third of his salary this year and so the mets did this and i said that they would want to do do it this way they wanted to get the best possible prospect return and so they ended up paying a large chunk of the remaining money in order to do so and I don't think that that kind of structure makes a lot of sense for the Giants Giants should want it the opposite they should want to pay I mean I think the contract is underwater and so they wouldn't even take it if the if the Mets offered them the player just on his current contract that would probably be a lose for the Giants or for any team Uh, and that's why the Mets had to pay some but anyway, this structure where the Mets pay the vast majority of the remaining contract, therefore you have to give up a lot of talent. Mets gave up or Rangers gave up a guy who was kind of in the middle of top 100 prospects uh, considerations, which, you know, the Giants, you're looking at, I mean, maybe like a Luis Matos type of player for a guy who's 39 years old giving up almost two home runs per nine innings and is just his ERA is over four. It's just not a deal that I, I'd rather just get a rental guy like Eduardo Rodriguez than give up a prospect like that for Scherzer. And so I didn't see the the great fit there. And for Jordan Montgomery, I guess like he kind of could have made sense, but I do view him more as like a, solid mid-rotation starter. He's pretty similar, I guess, to Eduardo Rodriguez, both left-handed starters, both, you know, with career earned run averages adjusted for the league average, about 10% better than league average. And so, yeah, maybe he could have made sense, but, you know, 3.42 ERA, 4.28 expected ERA, uh, fielding independent pitching of 3.75, Eduardo Rodriguez is simply pitching better than that right now. 
Strikeout rate, like I said, is 26% versus 21% for Jordan Montgomery. And so Montgomery could have been a fit, but I think Eduardo Rodriguez is a better fit, just personally. And so, I don't know, I'm not losing sleep over the deals that the Giants haven't made yet. I don't think any of these guys, Lance Lynn, who's like leading the league in ERA to the Dodgers, I don't think he was the best fit either. So that's my take on it. I still think that the best fits are still out there for the Giants. Anyway, we've got to get to the injury updates because like I said, there's eight of them. Anthony DiScofani, 15-day IL, retroactive to July 27th, with a right elbow flexor strain, and he's going to be shut down for several weeks. So that's a you know big blow for him health-wise. That's a pretty serious-sounding injury. But on the, on the bright side, they were able to activate Tristan Beck, who didn't really belong in the minors. And he came up, and he was huge in the win on Sunday. Two scoreless innings in which he inherited that free runner on second in extra innings and he got out of it both times and gave the Giants a very good chance to win that game which they did so hopefully Beck is here to stay but Discofani he might be out for the year with that kind of injury and it it tests their depth and so it kind of factors into will they you know I, I don't know. It just it factors into their depth, and I was thinking they would trade from their depth. But if you start losing guys, that kind of makes you reevaluate. Mike Yastrzemski exited Sunday's game with hamstring tightness, the same hamstring that has been causing him problems this year a couple times, forcing him to go on the IL. And so Tommy Edmond, you know, a guy who's versatile, can fill in for a Mike Yastrzemski until he's back. Versus like, if you just get an outfielder, what do you do when Yaz and Hanniger come back? What do you do with that player? You know, so, and people might say, oh, Hanniger hasn't performed. Well, it's a three-year contract. And so you're not just going to like DFA Hanniger uh, when he's only played like a month's worth of games for you and you still believe in the talent. But it's something to look out for if they start losing guys. Wade is the same thing. He was unavailable on Friday due to back tightness. It's same as Yaz kind of in that it's been bothering him for a significant portion of the season. For Wade, it's been more recent, like the last three to four weeks, he's had this lower back tightness that has cropped up. But uh, yeah, he had to miss Friday. He did pinch hit on Sunday. and But again, a, maybe a guy who can play some first base is a need. Or you do have Wilmer Flores, who's been like one of the hottest hitters in baseball over the last couple months. He can just fill in. It's nice to have a Wilmer Flores there. Mitch Hanniger hit off a tee on Saturday and is progressing quickly after an x-ray earlier in the week showed that his fractured right forearm has healed. Giants originally expected to get Hanniger back in early September, but Hanniger said he thinks he'll be available well before the end of the month. He's eligible to come off the IL on August 13th. So, Hanniger could be two weeks away. That was reported by Susan Slusser. All that. I'm just kind of quoting her. Also, Gabe Kapler said that Tyro Estrada is not that far off, not all that far off from a rehab assignment. So he's close to coming back. Brandon Crawford was reinstated and Brett Wisely was optioned. It was just a rough go for Brett Wisely. Defensively, did a nice job, but at the plate, just way not, you know, just not performing and kind of came up in a lot of important situations and failed to come through. Two prospects, Car- Carson Wisenhunt and Keaton Wynn, shut down with elbow issues. Carson Wisenhunt has a sprained left elbow and will be reevaluated in four weeks. 
Keaton Wynn had elbow discomfort. MRI showed no structural damage, but some inflammation. Giants are hopeful he can return this year. Carson Wisenhut, that's bad news. I mean, an elbow sprain is not great and being reevaluated in four weeks. It's just not great. So those guys were possible trade ships. And like I was saying with Di Scofani, if they're out, then it changes the calculus a little bit. So it's it's important to keep those things in mind as the trade deadline comes up. They were possibly the guys who could have been involved in a trade for a starting pitcher. And maybe now certain guys who were in play aren't in play because of that. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow, trade deadline day. What do the Giants do? We'll have full analysis of all their moves or non-moves tomorrow. So look out for that. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow, 3 p.m. Pacific time trade deadline. We will have analysis. So thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.